Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode four of Anything But Football. Myself, Matt Goldman. No Mick Walker this week. Mick, unfortunately, can't make it. And we're just going to talk about Ohio State's first loss of the season. They lost to Purdue this past week, 67-60, and their upcoming game tomorrow against UCLA. Today's Friday, December 18th, 2020, and the Big Ten Championship for football is also tomorrow. Mick wanted me to pass along that there is no new recruiting news for Ohio State basketball currently, so not missing much any of the Scoop members listening along. And we're just going to start off talking about this unfortunate loss to Purdue. So Ohio State was 20th in the country. Coming to this game, obviously no E.J. Liddell, still with Motto, and Hopefully we're going to see EJ back soon. No set towns still. And Ibrahima Diallo was not even at the game. So that was a little concerning to see how the lack of depth that this front court has. And another thing that was interesting, CJ Walker, Kyle Young did not start for Ohio State. Coach Holman said in the post-game press conference that they're trying to, they're going to change things up. They want to see what rotations do well. And, what fits for the Buckeyes because this is a this is a unique year and this is now no EJ Liddell created some problems for Ohio State because EJ had his career high 19 and 11 rebounds against Notre Dame in the ACC Big Ten Challenge and that was a big improvement for Ohio State and that was nice to see that somebody was stepping up for Ohio State because to be honest Dwayne Washington who came into the season a lot of Ohio State fans expect him to be the main scorer he hasn't contributed the way people are hoping he has, especially I wrote an article in the beginning that Dwayne hopes to be the guy for Ohio State, hopes to be the most consistent lean scorer after losing Caleb Wesson last year. And he hasn't been that guy so far. So we're going to start with Ohio State. Purdue game, your starting lineup was Musa Jallo, Jimmy Sotos, Dwayne Washington, Zed Key, the freshman, and Justice Suing, the transfer from Cal. This is a unique lineup. I don't like the Jimmy start at all. Unfortunately, Jimmy hasn't contributed much. He only had three points in that game. He only played seven minutes, so he pretty much only started and didn't get to play the rest of the game. Jimmy struggled. He was, I mean, he did go one for one, but he's been struggling this year. He has not been what I expected him to be. I expected him more to be a three-point shooter. Him and Justin Arns would be the guys shooting from behind the arc the entire time, but we didn't get to see that this week. And Musa mentioned my latest article on Buckeye Scooch. Go check it out. That... His biggest asset is his athleticism. He's a freak. He, you saw him get up from multiple alley-oops, diving for balls. He does his thing. He might not look amazing in the box score, but he gets it done. And Musa, seven points. I mean, he didn't do bad for 25 minutes. He did what he needed to do. Obviously, it wasn't enough to help the Buckeyes win, but he still did his part. And I think that seeing Musa contribute has been great. Now let's talk about Dwayne Washington. 13 points. He was two for nine from threes, though. Two for nine. That's not so impressive. That's not so flashy. And that's not the Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington should be shooting at least 50% from three point line, from the three-point line. I know that's asking for a lot, but for Dwayne's talent and his potential, that should be exactly what Buckeye fans should be expecting for him. Same with Justin Arns. Justin Arns, I know that's his only thing he does, and you've heard in the past episodes, 
I don't love Justin Owens. I kind of just talk about his three-point shooting because that's kind of all he's done. So we'll get back to Justin in a minute. And then Zed Key. Zed impresses me each and every game more and more because of how his character and the way he plays. He plays with some tenacity. He plays well. plays hard, physical. Coach Holman said today, it was a press conference today, got to ask him. I actually asked him a question about what he thought from Zed's first start and now that he's facing some better competition in the Big Ten. No disrespect to the non-conference opponents, but he's facing some higher talent. And he said he held his ground. He played well. I thought he did everything he needed to do. He was one-on-one with Travion Williams, who was the star for Purdue, their big man who came off the bench, who was incredible, who the Buckeyes couldn't stop, and he was an issue from the start. But Zed held his ground, 22 minutes, five points, three rebounds. I don't care what the stats say. He was the best player on the floor. He's looking better and better. He's younger than me. And he's going out there, and he's facing some high-level competition, and he's playing up to par. He's doing what he needs to do. And they mentioned the broadcast. Wasn't the biggest highly recruited guy out of high school. He had offers from Ohio State and Wisconsin were his two biggest. And he thought on his one official visit he took was Ohio State. He loved it. And I think Buckeye fans are giving the love back that they love him. He's going to be a great guy for the future of the team. And so far, EJ, all the upperclassmen, Kyle, CJ, have really taken him under their, his wing, their wing, and that he's learning every game. He's learning more and more. And we're going to see more Zed Key, and he's going to continue to improve, especially without EJ Liddell. That's why he started. We're going to see him down low more and help contribute, especially while Kyle Young is not having his best season at all. And then Justice Ewing, 32 minutes, 14 points, the high score of the game for Ohio State. Justice has been pretty good this year. Not much to complain about Justice. Uh, decisions, I think the biggest cost decision that if anyone watched the game, I'm sure a lot of Buckeye fans watched it, obviously, because first Big Ten game, playing Purdue, pretty high level. Buckeye fans expected this to be a win. I'll get into that in a second. But Justice, I mean, he did his thing, but his one mistake was at, towards the end of the game, he was supposed to grab the ball out of bounds, but he let it go thinking it's going to be Ohio State's ball and overturned. And that was when Ohio State was only down six, and there was about two minutes to go. So Ohio State, you know, they had their chance only down six with two minutes, and they weren't shooting the best from three, but they still had opportunities to make this a closer game and even tie up the game. So, yeah, and what I was saying about this must win, there are only three teams in the Big Ten, maybe four, that you have to beat. Minnesota, oh, no, excuse me, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Purdue. Minnesota's the iffy team that maybe you can beat them. But now I'm starting to think that Minnesota's going to replace Purdue and that Purdue is one of those teams that teams should start watching out for. They weren't a team that was highly respected coming into this year, especially in the Big Ten, because they didn't really have any of the stars. They didn't have Isaac Haas, Matt Charms. They lost the Edwards brothers. They just have lost a lot of their talent. They don't have really any of those big guys anymore. But getting to them, Stefan Novak, Sasha Stefan Novak. I said it in the Buckeye Scoop. I said it on one of the forum pages. He's a deadly three-point shooter. This guy should be guarded heavily from behind the arc the entire time. And, I mean, that was where all of his points came from. And then the foul line. It was 4-4 four, four point in the foul line. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I didn't expect Purdue to play with such aggressiveness. Because in coming to that game, they led the Big Ten in most turnovers per game. Ohio State had the least turnovers in the Big Ten. So, a little interesting. You're like, okay, Ohio State will take advantage of that. But unfortunately, they didn't. And, yeah, they came out with some tenacity. And then we also see with Zach Eddy, their center, 12 minutes. He only had a point, but on defense, he was able to contain Kyle Young and just pretty much eliminate Kyle Young. I haven't even talked about Kyle Young, but I wanted to go both starting fives back and forth quickly. He kind of eliminated Kyle Young, who had six points and – he did have eight rebounds, but Kyle Young still is not looking like the Kyle Young from last year. Kyle Young continues to be a question mark for me. But going back to this Purdue team, three guys scoring the double figures. We had Newman also and Hunter Jr. also scoring the double figures. And then Trevion Williams coming off the bench, nine rebounds, 16 points. Where's this guy been? The game before against Indiana State, 30 points, 11 rebounds. Off the bench? That's very impressive. And it kind of took me by surprise the way he was playing. And then no, he had like three no-look passes. I'm like, where did this guy come from? Why doesn't Ohio State have him right now? So, yeah, I thought that was – thought he was a big difference maker in the game. I also think just Purdue shot better, 47%. Ohio State only shot 38%. That's going to be a big difference maker at the end of this game. And that there's a reason why Ohio State didn't win. It's because they didn't shoot well and their defense was poor. Ohio State played poor help defense. Very bad. Justin Arns did not do his part. Uh, C.J. Walker was not amazing. Dwayne Washington is not the best defensive player. Best defensive player out there was Justice or uh, Zed Key by far. No one else really stepped up, and there wasn't really much of a difference after those two guys. Go back to the Ohio State bench. We have Eugene Brown. Eugene Brown has not been the same since the first two games just because freshman, you don't get as much. And we're seeing that Eugene hasn't shown what he can bring so far. That's okay. I think Ohio State will work him in. We're going to see him get bigger time next year, especially because right now I don't see him getting more time when it comes to we're going to be facing harder Big Ten play in the future. And then Justin Arns, again, I keep mentioning in every episode. He does his little fake dribble to the left, shoot. That's all he does. Does it work? Yeah, it works. Does it help on defense? No, it does not. Kyle Young and C.J. Walker. C.J. has been pretty good this year. Main contributor. He's doing what he needs to do. Team captain. I thought at first it was some team violation, which is why him and Kyle didn't start, but it turns out it was just make sure they know, hey, Ron, the coaches told them, be on your toes. Like, it's not like even luxury that you get to start every game, which I think is pretty good that Coach Holman did that. And then with Kyle Young, Kyle just has not been the same. He has been struggling offensively and defensively. And it's been interesting to watch because it seems like he's regressed over the year especially now that Caleb Boston's gone, you would think, why is he not doing better? Is it the system? Is it him? Is it something going on? 
I seriously don't know, but it's, it interests me a ton. Also, just noticed my headphones. Yeah, sorry about that. It's just, I don't know if anyone's got OC, OCD going on. Just, I don't like it either, but it's okay. And check it out. The scoop gear quickly. Go check it out. It's pretty fresh, actually. I really like it. It's comfy. Nice little Hanukkah gift. Holding it down here in New Jersey. Want to take a quick break before we move into UCLA? You see that right there, guys? That's snow. It snowed a lot here in New Jersey. Westfield, New Jersey, especially. Uh, we received 11 inches, so it's a lot of snow. And had fun shoveling some snowball fights with the family yesterday. And yeah, now we got football this weekend, and I'm sure a lot of Buckeye fans are excited to watch Ohio State play Northwestern. We've got the Pac-12 championship tonight, and then we got some big games tomorrow. Clemson, Notre Dame should be exciting. I know I'm not part of the scoop staff picks, but if I had to pick for the Power Five games, picking USC, picking Ohio State, I'm taking Iowa State in the Big 12 championship. I am taking the ACC championship. I'm taking Notre Dame. One, I also want Notre Dame just because I want to see Clemson out. But I think Notre Dame also is the better team. I think the better quarterback is on Clemson's side. I think overall the better team is Notre Dame this year. Respect to Brian Kelly. What they've put together the past few years is pretty good, pretty special. Especially Ian Book. That guy is a winner and a baller. I think he's also underrated still. And then the SEC, I think Alabama runs away with it. And then we're going to see an interesting playoff. If Clemson doesn't win either game, it's going to be one Alabama, two Notre Dame, three Ohio State, which as an Ohio State fan, I don't want to face Clemson. And then the fourth spot, either is Texas A&M or they put Clemson back in. So this should be interesting. Or maybe a Cincinnati, maybe an Iowa State. Iowa State can wow this weekend if they need to because that would be a top 10 win. They moved to Oklahoma back in the top 10. So I was taking wow somebody right now, which would be impressive. Well, glad you got to hear a little about my uh, football analysis. I'm not the Tony Gerdeman or the Tom or T Kirk Barton or any of the great football analysts we have or writers, insiders, everybody. I'm not Devada, not Gleitman. I mean, that's the A team right there. We got, we got all the guys you need, and that's why Scoop's the best. So we're going to move to the opponent now tomorrow, 415. It was just announced a few days ago. Got the press release from Ohio State Athletics. Ohio State will no longer be playing North Carolina. Why? Because North Carolina and Ohio State were supposed to play in Kentucky and UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic in Cleveland. And CBS Sports Classic, which they still want the, the event to happen, they wanted to keep the two teams that had the most similar COVID protocols aligned together. So that was Ohio State, UCLA. The Pac-12 and Big Ten are very similar with the COVID protocols, whereas the ACC and the SEC, excuse me. Wow. Almost so the Big 12 for Kentucky. That's sorry, guys. I'm sorry. They're more aligned with their protocols. They want to keep as safe as possible. So Ohio State this morning was on two buses due to COVID protocols, not one, but two this year. Driving up to Cleveland, Coach Holman answered our questions. Michi Johnson will be traveling with the team if anyone wants to know. And then Seth Towns, I mean, he said Seth could be a day to day or it could be a month. And, you know, as a fan, also as a writer, but as a fan, I would think, which is it? Is that day-to-day -day or is that a month? I, my best guess is we'll see Seth sometime in early January. I give it the first, first week or two he'll be back. And then that's where the competition picks up for Ohio State, especially Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, Maryland, all those big programs, Wisconsin. This January and February is going to be rough for Buckeye basketball. It's going to be hard. And Rockers is coming up real soon, so it's going to be interesting. Losing EJ was the biggest loss at the moment, and I 
it's going to be hard. But back to the CBS Sports Classic, getting out of hand. UCLA's 5-1 and one this year. They're first in the Pac-12. And their latest game was canceled to Long Beach Island State. Yeah, said that correctly. <laughs> so last game that they played was against Marquette. For any Buckeye fans that have been keeping up, ex-Ohio State Buckeye who transferred last year, DJ Carton, is the high score in that game for Marquette. See, Buckeye fans, we lost a good one. <laughs> we lost a good one this year. But DJ at 18 and UCLA played Marquette. They won UCLA 69-60. And Mick Cronin, he's a great coach. Old Cincinnati coach, a lot of Ohio fans know about him. Great coach, and it's a good team. This is a pretty good UCLA team. Last game, Jazquez, who's their guard, he had 18. Uh, he's a certified baller. Let's put it that way. That guy can shoot from anywhere. Very good, very quick, very athletic. He's, tall, he's taller than our guards, so it's going to be a little challenging to keep up with him, especially on the height. I guess Dwayne's going to be matched up against him. And then the rest of this UCLA team. Off their bench was their next high score was Bernard, who was their other guard who got to play. He didn't start, I believe it was just because of uh, load management a little bit is what it sounded like. And then the rest of the team, I mean, their starters pretty much play and they play too deep off the bench pretty much. Everyone does. They get more guys in, but they rarely played. Uh, yeah, UCLA is a physical team, though. Come from the Pac-12. You got to play a little physical in basketball. They got they have some competition in Pac-12. Pac-12 is not the same in football where they get disrespected. It's a pretty good basketball conference. USC's there. Oregon's there. There's some pretty good teams there. I, even Washington, I'd say, is a pretty decent basketball school this year. So Ohio State's going to match up with a more physical team, which I think is good because just coming off Purdue, which was a physical team, they're going to have the same mentality. Coach Holman did say that even though the game got switched, they would have had the same amount of prep time either way for UNC or um, UCLA. So pretty much they're getting one, one day of prep. They didn't practice yesterday. Coach wanted to give them a day off, just, just want them to rest because, you know, the layover and the turnover is quick and that they're driving up a day before. So they're going to practice a little bit tonight. And then in the morning, I think they're going to have a shoot around early and then they're going to get back to the arena at four around two in the afternoon as the North Carolina and Kentucky games going on. And then Ohio State will be playing CBS, Carter Blackburn and Bill Rafferty do have it. The great Bill Rafferty, everyone loves him. But Ohio State, it's going to be interesting because they're getting good competition. Any opponent in this classic, they are going to get good competition. You play Kentucky, you're still playing Coach Cal. They, Kentucky might have a down year, but they're still playing Coach Cal Perry. It's still talent. UNC, this was their revenge game they were supposed to play against us due to last year's Ohio State. Just destroyed them in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I was actually there. Pretty, pretty sick to see Ohio State beat North Carolina at the Dean. It's pretty rare. But then you have excuse me, UCLA, who is a story program. All these are blue buds, blue bloods, excuse me. And Coach Holman pretty much was saying how the guys are excited no matter who they play and that they're ready. They know it's going to be a challenge. They know it's going to be not easy at all. This is not your, uh, your average non-conference opponent. This is a good opponent. So Ohio State is going to have a lot to handle, but I think they can handle. I think it's going to be really tight throughout the game. I think you're going to see a UCLA team who's pretty good at shooting. They might have gone four for 20 in last game, so that might not back up my words well. But in their past games, they've shot over 45% every time from three. So they are pretty impressive from the three-point lane. Uh, they're a similar team to Ohio State. They're good at free throw shooting like Ohio State. They're pretty decent from the field. 
as field goal percentage wise, if we're looking at statistically in turnover wise, they average a little more turnovers than Ohio state does, but they're very similar. These teams are, these two teams are similar. They're both in tough conferences. UCLA might be in a little bit of an easier conference, I guess you could say, and that they're going to have a upper, more of an upper hand in their conference compared to Ohio state, where we have to face Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan state, Michigan, Rutgers, uh, I could go on with all the AP ranked teams in the Big Ten. It's a lot. But Ohio State's going to have to deal with a pretty similar team. I think the height advantage will go to UCLA again, just like we saw in Purdue. And that could cause some trouble. That could definitely cause some issues for Ohio State. But I don't really know how many issues it will cause. I think we're going to see Ohio State get out rebounded, but I don't think they're going to get out scored, if that, if that sounds right. Because Ohio State's going to be able to shoot more. I just think we're going to see more offensive rebounds, but I think Ohio State's defense is going to be able to handle. I think Zed Key's going to be in there again, doing the dirty work and doing his job. I think we're going to see a better Kyle Young this game. I'm hoping to see a better Kyle Young this game. Justice is going to be consistent. Dwayne's going to be better. CJ's going to be a contributor again. CJ does what he needs to do. Get to the line, shoot, pass it, dish it. He's playing good defense. He's getting the ball. He does what he needs to do. So, I'm going to give Ohio State a W as my prediction for this game. And, yeah, I think it's going to be tight. Should we be worried as Bucket fans if they don't lose again? No. I don't think there's much to be worried about. We knew that 2020 is going to be a whack year with all sports. You look at the football team, just weird in general. But Ohio State's going to have a weird year in the Big Ten just in general. So it shouldn't alarm you if they're losing this game that they're not going to lose more games because they have some good competition. They have to play Illinois twice, Iowa twice, Michigan State twice, Michigan once, Rutgers twice. That's not good because those are all very, very talented teams. Some of the best players in the country right there. Luka Garza, especially in Iowa, preseason wooden player of the year, in my opinion. I think he will be the player of the year in college basketball. So we're going to have a lot to deal with. I'm not – if they lose, it's kind of my expectation – that it's going to be tight. I'm not expecting Ohio State to be unbelievably amazing this year in the Big Ten. I'm not expecting them to be unbelievably amazing in general. I'm expecting a pretty good team. I'm expecting similar from last year, if not maybe an, another loss or two. Will they still make the tournament with that record? Most likely because of how talented this conference is and how talented they are compared to most teams around the country this year. Yeah, so episode four, watch it right here, YouTube or on speaker on the Buckeye Scoop website. Check out the new platform, get some new gear just like this. And yeah, go Buckeyes this weekend against Northwestern and against UCLA. So Buckeye fans, right after the football game, you're going to switch right over to CBS. You're going to watch some basketball. You're going to watch a great game. It's going to be exciting. So take care. Episode four, find us on Twitter. Follow our Twitter at anything but football. Follow my Twitter at Matt, at Matt underscore Goldman 28 or Mix at McDWalker. Take care, guys. Go Buckeyes.